everyone and welcome back to What Above a Pollen Podcast. I'm Obs and this week I'm joined by Lucky Beans of Veg for a slightly different kind of episode. But before we jump in, how's everyone doing? You know, it's kind of funny at the start of all of our episodes we do <laughs> jazz hands and Obs had a cramp and I feel like that's like perfect for the music episode. I think I just really cramped up, that really hurt. I can do jazz hands, we do jazz hands to coordinate the start of our recordings because shockingly we're not in the same room. Mm-hmm. People will be very surprised to learn. I'm pretty good. I've got my microphone, well phone microphone up on a hanger right now <laughs> to be a mic stand. I really think that's going to fall at some point in this episode, you know. <laughs> Lucky, how are you doing? It's hot. Are you boiling hot? Yeah, we've discovered that some of the background music bleeds through if I don't take down my, my wall unit. So I've taken it down for today and it's a little hot in here, <laughs> but it's fine. Just before we get started on this week's episode, let's head over to find what the breaking crumbs of the week are. Lecky, what have you got for us this week? Her Song, an award-winning animated short film starring Nicola Coughlin, has been made publicly available for streaming on Vimeo. The powerful and deeply moving six-minute film follows a young girl named Eve as she learns about her grandmother's harrowing experience in a mother and baby home in Ireland. We'll include the link in our show notes for anyone interested in checking it out. For our UK listeners, you might be interested to know that Starstruck Season 3 recently premiered on BBC3, starring Joe Barnes in the recurring role as Joe. Of course, Joe Barnes will be joining the Bridgerton cast in our Season 3 as Lord Wilding. We don't know anything about Lord Wilding's character, but we're hoping he might be one of Colin's friends, or at least an extended part of the group of lords we saw Colin hanging out with at Will's Bar at the end of Season 2. So if you'd like to hop on the Lord Wilding bandwagon sooner rather than later, now is a good time to do so. I'm calling it best character of the season. I'm here for it. <laughs> I just love we're all in and we have we know literally nothing about him besides his name. He does have a good name to be fair. We're so enthusiastic and we have no knowledge but Joe Barnes welcome to the family. Come on in. What's the rest of our cast up to? So another new cast member for season three, Daniel Francis, who will be playing the mysterious Marcus Anderson, can be seen as the High Lord Turok of House Aladon and The Wheel of Time season two, which is now streaming on Amazon. If you like fantasy and like me, you're killing time until you can say Theo, aka Callum Lynch, who, spoiler alert, is playing Celeborn in the season two of Reigns of Power. And here you go. This is your fix. I'm not a fantasy person, so that went right over my little head. (laughs) But I'm happy for you, like... (laughs) (laughs) Moving on, Glamour Magazine published an article about a new show called The Buccaneers, which will be debuting on November 8th. I believe I watched a previous miniseries of this that was made back in like the 1990s, and I think I remember really liking it. I think it would be up the general Pollen or Bridgerton's fans alley, so you should check that out. But what really caught the attention of eagle-eyed Pollen fans was that the article mentioned Bridgerton, specifically referring to a December 14th release date. While this at first might seem like more confirmation that the season will be released in December, From what we can tell, Glamour is not citing any new source, nor is being used to announce the release date. It seems as though they are citing the same release date rumor that has been floating around since Netflix Portugal leaked the date at To Doom earlier this year. There has been no confirmation that date is correct, especially given the ongoing strikes. Adding to the release date confusion, earlier this week, the Holborn Museum in Bath tweeted about Bridgerton Season (laughs) 3, saying, Who is excited for Bridgerton Season 3 this autumn? If you can't wait that long to find out what happens next, pop into our shop and pick up the Bridgerton books and other related merch. If you're unfamiliar with the Holborn Museum, this is the location used for Lady Danbury's house in the show, specifically the exterior of the Danbury house. Mm -hmm. The tweet was phrased in a very confusing manner, but once again, this is unfortunately not a confirmation of any release date, but I I like their confidence that it's coming out this autumn. (laughs) 
Yeah, I love it. I love it. I don't know if they're saying if you're excited during this autumn, because I'm excited right. all autumn. I'm ready to be excited autumn, winter, spring, summer all over again. <laughs> or if they were saying it was coming out. They definitely did some filming for season three at the Holborn Museum. We know they were there in January mm-hmm. this year. Yes. So I'm thrilled to see them getting just as excited as we all are. Yes. If we remember back to To Doom, Nicholas said that any future announcement about season three would come from Lady Whistledown herself, which we imagine will be via either Shondaland or Bridgerton social media accounts. So the wait continues, sadly. What else is going on, Lek? Julia Quinn also has a few events coming up in September. This weekend, she'll be attending a conference in Brazil. Later in the month, she'll also be attending events in Orlando, Florida, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Florence, Italy, and Doylestown, Pennsylvania, in an interesting assortment there. Um, But we'll we'll add Julia's event page in her show. (laughs) Well, it's Doylestown. How'd you go from Rio? Apologies to Doylestown, I'm sure it's sorry. It might be like a suburb of Philadelphia or something that I don't even know. But, um, we'll add Julia's event page in our show notes so you can find out more about tickets if you happen to be local to any of those events. Amusingly, the event description for her Fort Lauderdale event reads, Get all your Bridgerton questions answered when Julia Quinn visits Fort Lauderdale, excluding when is season three coming out, even she doesn't know. I love how her events page is tired as well. <laughs> we're, all, we're all hanging in there. <laughs> you, you have to laugh so you don't cry. Laugh through the pain. Anyway. Some strike news. According to Deadline, the AMPTP has hired a crisis PR firm to attempt to regain control of the narrative on the strikes. This follows a pretty disastrous couple of weeks for the studios, including the release of a Gallup poll, which showed that an overwhelming majority of Americans are actually in support of both the WGA and SAG after strikes. There are also rumors of in- internal divisions among the studio bosses, though that is unconfirmed. It could be a good thing. And I also wanted to mention that California Treasurer Fiona Ma recently sent letters to the CEOs of seven studios criticizing their failure to end the strike. Specifically, she commented about how many individuals and businesses have been affected by the strikes, highlighting that the industries account for 700,000 jobs here in the state of California. Just to give you a scope of how disastrous this strike really is for people here in California, not to mention across the U.S. and abroad. Meanwhile, SAG-AFTRA's negotiating committee released a statement saying that their negotiation team remains ready at a moment's notice to go back to the bargaining table to secure a righteous deal. Unfortunately, as we've seen from the recent news out of the WGA negotiations, it appears the AMPTP is still unwilling to make the concessions necessary to make a fair deal that would bring the strikes to a close. As always, we will link the different ways you can show your support for those impacted by the strike in our show notes, including existing petitions and emergency funds such as the Entertainment Community Fund. And finally, to lighten the mood a little bit, I'd like to call attention to what a special day it is. Not only did Obs successfully escape from the elevator in which he was trapped <laughs> earlier today, <laughs> but it really happened. Just passing the time, you know. <laughs> But today marks the anniversary of Nicola's Mean Girls post. Last year, she posted a picture of herself wearing a hoodie and sunglasses like Damien from Mean Girls, the she doesn't even go here scene, with the message, I know a lot of you would love some behind the scenes from Bridgerton season three, but I am sworn to secrecy with Netflix, so I can't. A message that is still hilariously apt. My God. Netflix, sort it out. Well, thank you very much, Lecky, for those crumbs. As always, we'll bring you more next week. But should we get on with the episode? Yes. Let's go. So if you've been listening along to our past few episodes, you'll know that last week we finally made it all the way to the end of our season one pollen rewatch. What a season. (laughs) What a season. Indeed. What a barb. 
What is I'm still one? very tired. <laughs> and whilst we're all very excited to jump into a season two rewatch, I think we're also in the mood for a, a week off, a little bit something different. As yeah. you can tell from the discussions we have on this podcast, we are huge fans, not only of Penelope and Colin, but also of all the production elements that come together to create the world that we love so dearly. You know, whether it's the production design, the choreography, costuming, cinematography, I think we'd all quite happily sit here all day long and chat away for hours about every last tiny detail in the show. But today we thought we'd chat about one of the most iconic and defining aspects of the world of Bridgerton, the music. So in this episode, we're going to be doing a couple of deep dives into the music production process. We're going to be looking back at how music has been used in season one and season two in the hope that we can dig around for clues as to how music might be used to tell Penelope and Colin's story in season three. We're going to be attempting to make our own season three playlist, locking in our predictions for what we actually think might be making the soundtrack this year or next year or whenever the season comes to us. When the soundtrack does get released, we'll be able to come back to you and you can all laugh at us for how long we yeah so to get us all into the swing of things I thought I'd ask you all what the first thing is that comes to mind when you think about the music in Bridgerton I mean it's got to be the strings versions of the pop songs right they're just like so connected to the world there's such a unique kind of character within this show and I'm now Queen Charlotte as well I mean how many times have you opened TikTok or Instagram and heard that cover of Wildest Dreams that was actually the first dance at my friend's wedding a few months back. What, that version? Yeah. Also how the modern songs are kind of incorporated with the rest of the score. So you have the combination of both. So they have a more traditional score that feel a bit more like period specific, but then you get these songs that are really recognisable to us as an audience. Yeah, the combination of traditional and contemporary scores adds to the storytelling and makes us, as a modern audience, feel even more mm-hmm. connected with these characters and this world specifically. It reminds us that... like. Like, Vuitton isn't so far off from how we are today within our own communities and how we still love gossip and we still love to, like, talk shit. <laughs> or never. Yeah, it kind of creates, like, a bridge between our world and the, you know, period. World. Yeah, because it's, like, a different part of history and the, there's a lot of, like, fantastical elements to the visuals and the way they tell it. It's a really good way to kind of connect them and make them feel a bit more vibrant. Mm-hmm. So songs like Sign of the Times, Wildest Dreams, Wrecking Ball, they all jump to mind, especially when we're thinking about Saphne and Cantony. But... Of course, we are first and foremost a pollen podcast. So are there any pollen music moments that immediately stand out to you? (laughs) I'm just waiting. It's so ominous. (laughs) I mean, opening with maniacal laughter isn't the best. Listeners, you might remember how angry I got at Beans last week for not knowing the lyrics. I've like really passively aggressive. I don't even think it's passive aggressive. I've just like written all the lyrics out for her. You will sing this song now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now we are met let the mirth the found and let the catch and let the catch oh and let the catch and toes go round. how did you still miss a line oh my bad <laughs> Good we enough. discussed this in our episode 8 rewatch we do have Colin singing a little ditty so it has been established in the world of the show that he has a nice voice we have, I think, mixed feelings about whether we want to hear him sing. Maybe if he's just displaying his vocal talents in, like, the Bridgerton drawing room. But uh, I don't want a sweet serenade. I feel like I loved Luke Newton's voice. I so desperately mm-hmm. want him to do a musical. But 
I love his portrayal of Colin, and I'd rather him say romantic words, probably, than, you know, sing to Penelope. I'd rather him deliver some really romantic lines. Jonathan Bailey and Luke Thompson, they, they can all sing. Yeah. Yeah. Last week, we also mentioned the music that they used during Pollen's scene at the Hastings Ball, which kind of cleverly mirrors the emotions that we, the audience, and that Penelope is feeling in that scene. The music kind of swells and then retreats, raising our hopes as an audience and letting us get carried away in the moment, really putting us in Penelope's perspective, and that's one of my favorite little bits of music in the show. It's a good point like about what you were saying last week about how the music really puts us in Penelope's perspective and it even shapes our interpretation of that scene and kind of takes us along for that ride so that our expectations get raised along with Penelope. And it reminds me of another favorite pollen Roman that everyone adores. Our good old You Do Not Count scene from 202. We're going to get to that scene in a lot more detail when we get to that episode in our rewatch. But we all know it's a bit of a controversial moment for Colin. He gets a lot of slack for it, doesn't he? He just misspeaks, but it's... Yeah, it's miscommunication. He gets pulled up on it a little bit when he tells Penn that she doesn't count. And I think the music is really clever in that scene and how they do it. Because like you say, Lucky, it's miscommunication. So what Colin meant to say was interpreted wrong by Penelope to create that kind of miscommunication between them. Because if you watch it, when Penelope starts walking up to Colin, the background in-world music is playing. So I think it's just like a nice little soft sweary bit of scoring. When she starts speaking to him, the in-world music kind of drops away. And then as Colin starts talking about Marina, the score takes over and it's kind of this really sad pain score that just like starts to like percolate beneath him. And then that sad music really hits when Colin delivers that line about you do not count. And then he walks away and the music really swells and it just leaves us with Penelope and she's obviously completely gutted and she kind of shrinks away. Yeah. You know, make no wonder people get mad at Colin because the music is working against him with the direction to kind of stick with Penelope as he leaves the shot. But yeah, if you imagine that scene being portrayed from Colin's perspective where he's just had a nice little chat with his bestie, there's nice upbeat music playing. He's saying, you do not count because you mean far too much to me. You mean more to me than any woman, which is what he meant from it. But yeah, I think we'd have a slightly different opinion on that scene if the music hadn't been so deliberately tragic, manipulating our interpretation of the scene with it. And the music is also the final crescendo of the season where we get to see all of the other characters for the final time before we leave them. We see the celebration of Canthony finally come together, Colin at Will's, Benedict, Eloise. It's a huge end piece tying everything together, working with the voiceover to bring the season to its conclusion. Yeah, there's also something powerful and almost nostalgic about that end piece of season two. It's a combination of everything that's passed as the characters all move to the future. And when I was doing some research for the episode I found out that Chris Bowers who we will talk more about in a second also felt that that piece of music tied directly to a song from the season one soundtrack called We Could Form an Attachment that plays at the very end of season one episode one as Daphne and Simon dance and letting the season two finale connect to the first episode of series one adds to that nostalgia I think and makes us feel even more embedded within the world and the journeys that all of these characters are on. I honestly love the end of We'll get to it when we get to the end of season two. But the way that music represents her resolve is she, because she's crying at the window, right, of everything that's happened. You see in her face as she's watching the fireworks and where she changes and decides to go back into her writing, which she says she was going to give up for Eloise because she doesn't have anything left. And again, it's the end of the season, so it's pulling everything together, like Bean said. She could either completely collapse and it could be this tragic moment for her. But what ends up happening is she turns it into this moment of resolve where she turns and starts writing again. And I think the music really helps propel that part of the story forward. So I guess 
I will give you all a bit of a behind the scenes about the music of Bridgerton. As we've all just sort of covered, the music in Bridgerton is this really unique combination of traditional scoring alongside orchestral versions of modern songs. And the music is a really key component that works alongside everything else. So the set design, the costuming, direction, lighting, editing, acting, choreography to create this world and tell the stories. When it comes to the music of the show, fans might be familiar with two very important people. There's the music supervisor Alexandra Patsavas and the composer Chris Bowers. Both Alexandra and Chris spoke with Inside Bridgerton about the process of how they approached the show and the creative decisions they made. Alexandra has actually worked on every Shondaland production so she was already very familiar with the unique twists that Shondaland likes to add to their shows. Alexandra talked about how the music was really hoping to work with the other creative teams such as costuming and production design and she pointed out that both of those departments had permission to have a modern twist instead of being grounded in pure historical accuracy and she felt that that was something she wanted to pull through into the music too. So yeah Bridgerton has a mix of traditional and modern covers and scoring and this was something that was planned from the initial stages. The showrunners had a desire for modern takes on classical compositions, the Max Richter arrangement of Vivaldi's four seasons we get for Saffney's final dance as well as modern instrumentals that would serve as a wink to the audience which Betsy Beers described as stealth music so where the music sounds period appropriate but also very familiar to us and adds a modern flair to the world yeah so chris bowers the composer who i love and please hire me to work Mm. with you (laughs) said there were two moments in particular that helped him create the sound of the show the first was when he heard the modern cover of thank you next from season one episode one which made him think about how he could lead into the modern aspect throughout the score and almost mirror the modern rhythm through an orchestra the other big point for Chris was learning that the executive producers wanted the show to be modern, fresh, and with a unique edge. And I think it definitely worked. I wasn't even a fan when the, I mean, this is a bit sacrilegious, sorry everyone. I wasn't even a fan when the show originally came out, but even I was aware of how important the covers of the modern songs were in, you know, creating the world and giving it that fresh edge that production wanted. I remember that was all the reviews and that kept going around. And like I said, every time you opened Instagram or TikTok, it was always the covers of like Wildest Dreams and Thank You Next. And it still is deeply tied into the identity of the show and how they do the storytelling. So then in terms of scoring, Chris has talked about how he creates themes for characters through the music and works to develop them throughout the seasons. Of season two, he said the Lady Whistledown slash Penelope theme has a different sound to it for season two that's specific to the character's evolution. New themes are also introduced each season, like Canthony's theme and Theo and Eloise's. So Colin and Penelope don't have a theme at the moment, at least as far as I can tell. So that's just one more reason to look forward to season three. But there is a really interesting and beautiful piece of music that plays right after the purpose scene in season two that I've always found really interesting. It could potentially be a little tease of a pollen theme, though it's also just as likely that it was just composed for that one scene. But it could be a little tease. It's that like, gorgeous little music that plays right, right at the end, isn't it? As he walks off to get his cake and you focus on Penn as she's watching him and she just kind of smiles. Yes. Yeah, because they don't have their own theme yet, like you said, but it's got to be there somewhere. Like Penelope does. I don't think Colin has his own theme yet. Do you think he's just going to arrive back and as soon as he gets off his horse, it's just going to be like a sea shanty playing? <laughs> 
be hilarious. I hope they give Colin something bright that kind of matches his new confidence, like a really upbeat, like, like a really playful kind of music. Yeah, playful's the right word. Yeah. So to decide all of that for series three, the process will be like what it was for past seasons, I think. The music team tend to go through the scripts to find opportunities for the music. There's obviously very obvious moments like a dance sequence at a ball, but then also other points where the story needs like a big musical moment. The songs they rehearse to onset aren't always the same songs that are used in the final edit. A good example of this is at the Hastings Ball, where Jack Murphy, the choreographer, knew that Max Rickster's composition of the Four Seasons was going to be used in the final edit, but on set they all danced to Crown by Stormzy, which is a song that Nicola mentioned really stuck with her. She said, the ball I remember the most distinctly is the very last one when Colin comes over to Penelope, which is Beans's favorite moment, but <laughs> the song that was playing on set was Crown by Stormzy, and she said it was, quote, such an intense moment for her, I'll never not equate it with that song. Yeah, and Charitha Chandran, who plays Edwina, also revealed on the Kelly Clarkson show that she and Jonathan Bailey originally rehearsed to Nirvana's Smells Like Team Spirit. Uh, Nicola was also on the show and she revealed what Colin and Penn originally danced to before a waltz was used in the edit. Can anyone remember what it was? I do, I do. I vividly remember. It was Attention by Charlie Puth, wasn't it? Yeah, that's it. I know this because if you listen to the lyrics of that song, that is like a character assassination by the production team towards Colin. It's such a good read of him, how he is. I'd, I'd love that for season three. In the end, they went for a waltz. Yeah. Uh, which is a little bit more generous to him in that moment, I think, than if they'd have gone for that song. Yeah. And I think sometimes they sort of have an idea of what song will be used in the final edit, but sometimes they don't. And so they play around with different songs for the choreography. It'll obviously be a lot about the counts. And they'll have an idea of the tempo of the song, but yeah, just finding something that has the right count. And it all has to be the right fit for the final edit. I know that they had a lot of trouble finding the right song for Anthony's wedding before they were able to settle on Harry Styles' Sign of the Times. And they have spoken about how they were very particularly thrilled to have got the rights to that song for Harry Styles' song. That was like their big win of the season. So yeah, and we all know the string covers. Just so Bridgerton knows, in the future, if I ever release any music, I mean, not if, when I release music, you can totally use mine. I will give you the rights. So we'll figure it out. <laughs> we should just include as as an aside here that Beans actually has the voice of an angel. She <laughs> does. She, she can't sing Catch and Toast, <laughs> but she has an amazing If voice. any music producers are listening to this, the music that you've heard her perform has not been representative of her true form. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the one that stood out for me was Material Girl at the start of Series 2. And they often use pre-existing strings covers from bands like Vitamin String Quartet, Midnight String Quartet, or Duomo. But sometimes, if they're not quite right, Chris will create some renditions as well. Very embarrassing. But because of Bridgerton, for the last year and a half, maybe now, I've fallen down the instrumental cover rabbit hole. Like last year when they had not just the Spotify wrapped year in review, which was embarrassing on its own but they also did this one where it was like a lineup for a music festival and all of my headliners <laughs> apart from Taylor Swift because you know Midnight's were like Vitamin String Quartet, Karen String Quartet, Silver Lake String Quartet, Duomo, like literally every single one. Like you're gonna have to dig it out. I'll, I'll share it. It's it's extremely embarrassing. I'm with you because my Spotify playlist was also completely completely ruined by maybe not as many string quartets as you. I couldn't <laughs> show any of my friends who don't know about the Bridgerton thing I couldn't like everyone was like can we see your Spotify wrapped and I was like no <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> I was like, that is between me, a few friends on the internet <laughs> and the gods. I think one thing we're looking forward to when season three comes out is finally getting our music tastes back because they've been utterly yes. corrupted. Massive well done to the whole music team because the show wouldn't be the same without the choices that have been made. There's been a lot of acclaim for the music. There's been loads of well-deserved nominations, Primetime Creative Arts Emmy Awards, the Golden Reel Awards, the Grammys, plenty of others. One last interesting bit of behind the scenes info, which makes all the achievements all the more impressive, is that due to COVID, none of the musicians involved in creating the soundtrack were ever actually in the same room. It was all recorded remotely by a tiny group of musicians layering the performances to create the illusion of a full orchestra. I was actually reading that that page that you shared from Inside Bridgerton and there was the quote from I think it was the violinist but I may be mistaken but how she received somebody else's piece to work off or build with and she said it made her so emotional because it was almost like working with an orchestra again when they couldn't mm. during the pandemic and I thought that was such a little sweet story. Yeah. It is incredible when you think about how they did that. I wonder if they're going to go back full orchestra now now that they can. Well, Veg, what a deep dive. Thank you very much. You know, we always appreciate how much work goes into creating and choosing all aspects of the show, especially the music. And I think this is one of the main reasons why fans are so obsessed with creating their own playlists for the show and why pollen fans like us have spent so much time trying to predict which modern songs are going to be used in season three. Yeah, the music is so deeply connected to the story. It's you know, one of the most identifiable features of the world. So I think it's become one of our most highly anticipated parts of the season and of the information we can get about the season. And I know that we've all had theories about which songs are actually going to make the cut in season three. Let's talk about our own pollen playlists. Lucky, we already know that yours is very heavy on the strings quartet. And look, we all have them. Listeners, I'm sure that you've all got your pollen playlist too. And if you're not, then let us help us build one for you. Yeah, and if this helps any of you with your spiralling and justifying that, the music supervisor, Justin Camps, actually said in an interview with Sodom that because the show mostly uses the pre-existing string covers, they're pretty much already out there. Like, we can look them up and we can make our own playlists and they could, it could be, right? So everyone, tell me about your pulling playlists. Are they representation of your music tastes? No. No. <laughs> I listen to mostly rock music, rock adjacent music. My pollen playlist is all like pop songs, love songs, and instrumental covers. It's this this ship has changed me. <laughs> My pollen playlist is pretty much everything I listen to, so it's all over the place. I just took it from songs that I like myself. Yeah, same. I'm big into musicals and Taylor Swift and pretty mm. much don't listen to much else. And that is definitely reflected in my playlist yeah i listen to a lot of art pop if anybody (laughs) wants to know wants to know how pretentious i am (laughs) i personally find it very difficult especially over the last year to listen to songs and just not immediately relate them to sickness isn't it yeah but in terms of my playlist i have like an instrumental playlist that i listen to all the time and then a separate playlist of songs that specifically remind me of pollen and those are the ones i mostly like to use in edits or i can see being using used in edits because like i can see the scenes playing out in my head it's and awful. it's like reading fanfic isn't it it's like we're just trying to get through the weeks and it's one of our many coping mechanisms so should we all take it in turns 
share a little bit of our our playlist songs, the inspiration behind them. I want some theories for season three. I want some spiraling, some clowning, if you will. So I will just preface this by saying that I like to make edits. So my mind kind of exists in a post season two space, <laughs> one from which I cannot escape. So just Penelope, so you're not alone there, mate. So number one for me, Do I Want to Know by the Arctic Monkeys. This song has a very sexy rhythm to it, which I feel like it would work super well as a season three Pen and Colin song. I don't, it just represents season three Pen and Colin to me as they're trying to like figure out their feelings and like the increasing sexual tension between them and see if it's actually reciprocated. Do I want to know if this feeling flows both ways? Have you no idea that you're in deep? I've dreamt about you nearly every night this Oh, the dreams, the dreams. It's a great poem song. Number two, Secret Love Song Part Two by Little Mix. This one is pure longing with Colin or Penn both regretting the dumb arrangement they've made in season three to help Penn find a husband or some other obstacle that could possibly occur. But there's this one line in the song that goes, why can't I hold you in the street? And why can't I kiss you on the dance floor? That reminds me of the Barclay Square scene from the books, which I would be thrilled if they incorporated into season three. Also, Daniel Jang has a great cover of this on violin if you want to check it out. Number three, You're On Your Own Kid by Taylor Swift. This is more of a Penelope song than a Pollen song, I'd say, but some of the lyrics are so so accurately represent their journey with Penn having very little hope in season one, saying, I wait patiently, he's gonna notice me, it's okay, we're the best of friends. And then there's this little bit later in the song where Taylor sings, I picked the petals, he loves me not, something different bloomed writing in my room, which just reminds me of Pollen writing letters to each other and what hope that would have given Listeners, Penn. our resident Swifties, me and Veg, Swifties till the end. You can't convince me that that's song's not about Penelope. <laughs> Genuinely, every single line of that song is absolutely perfect for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's the, the bit at the end. I searched the party of better bodies just to learn that you never oh. cared. Oh. It's just so Featherington ball. But yeah, it's a good Penelope. And the song. way she turns to her writing, which mm-hmm. is what she does at the end, you know, it's... Writing in my room. Yeah. So number four for me is Save Your Tears by The Weeknd, which was actually recommended to us by our friend Sunflower. But this is so season we love three, Sunflower. episode one, with Colin trying to figure out why Penelope doesn't want to talk to him. Because there's a part that says, I make you cry when I run away. You could have asked me why I broke your heart. You could have told me that you fell apart. But you walked past me like I wasn't there and you just pretended that you didn't care. Oh, he's going to suffer. <laughs> Manchester String Quartet has a really good cover of that, by the way. So number five, there's a song called Darling I Do by Landon Pig and Lucy Schwartz. It's this duet about longing, about two people realizing that they see each other for who they really are, which is just so pollen to me. So there's this bit that goes, I know plenty of people with eyes closed, they don't see you like I do. And it's just... It's just a great little pollen song and it's a duet. And that's it for Vegetable, me. what have you got? A lot of mine are from musicals, but I've made them not all musicals just as a special treat for the listener. But if there are any musical listeners, any theatre kids, I see ya. A lot of my songs are sort of about Penelope because I love Penelope. But the one I'll mention here, so... Colin Hayden, sorry. Oh. A big one is I'm Not That Girl from Wicked, but the one I'll talk about that people might not know is technically from a musical, but it is just by the Proclaimers, who people will know as I Would Walk 500. So they have a song called Should Have Been Loved. So in the musical, they sing it to a woman who has been treated badly. And I think of Penn when I hear it. So all your detractors underestimated you because they don't know you like I do. And then, then it goes, you've been let down messed around told to get your feet back on the ground when you should have been loved you should have been loved and i just think pen should have been loved 
And hopefully she will be by Colin and he'll beg on his knees. For Colin, this is a big musical song and every tenor who does musical theatre will have auditioned with this song at some point. It's Corner of the Sky from Pippin represents to me Colin's struggles to find his purpose uh, because that's basically what the song is about Pippin is trying to find his purpose why do I feel I don't yeah. fit in anywhere I go gotta find my corner of the sky I do like that song your corner of the sky it's so cute yeah it's good then one song which kind of is what it, I picture kind of series three there's a musical on in London at the moment I've been three times already and I'm booked to go a fourth time. I'm booked to go for closing night, so it's very exciting, called Groundhog Day. And people will probably know the Bill Murray movie, Groundhog Day. Uh-huh. So basically the idea is that there's a guy and he wakes up to the yep. same day. So it's an adaptation of the movie. The main character wakes up every day and it's the same day. At the end of Groundhog Day, he's sort of been on a big journey. And it includes being on a big journey with his love interest in the show. But at the end, he realises that his view has sort of changed. And the lyrics are, I'm seeing you for the first time. And it's called Seeing You, and it's such a beautiful song. Um, And there's also a lyric, I've spent a lifetime seeking signs, reading lines, which also makes me think of Colin looking for his purpose. And it's just so beautiful, like like seeing you for the first time is what I want Colin to have in series three. And then... I've also got One of the Boys by Katy Perry from the same titled album, which is very Penelope in series two coded. The way you look at me is kind of like a little sister. I'm rubbed by your goodbyes and it leaves me nothing but blisters. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be one of the boys. So basically saying like, I don't want to be your buddy. Mm -hmm. She don't want to be your friend. So that and about how she wants to be like a girly girl and be seen by that. So that is also very pollen coded. I will move on to the end with the song. My final song is Holding Out for a Hero, uh, Jennifer Saunders version. The elite version. I love that and song. It's peak Colin hero. Do we do we have a hero in our midst? Exactly. So yeah, mine are all quite fun more than serious. That's my music taste is quite camp. You know when you said that you wanted I'm I'm not that yes. girl. I think Wicked is very pollen coded. And I think, you know, in Alphabet does her little version, that's Penelope in season one and season two or whatever. But the Glinda version, the Glinda version is Colin, season three. He is going <laughs> to stand there and he is going to cry and sing and his little Glinda goodness because he is not that boy. I was going to mention this, but a while ago in the chat, we talked about it and I brought up how I'm Not That Girl would work so well for Colin. I, and I came up with a little cover of it that I made it like Colin coded and now I can't remember what I said. Said. Hold on. Okay, wait a second. I may have done it. Hold on. I wasn't made for the bugs and quills. He could be that boy. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was about Colin singing. <laughs> it was about Devlin. No, it was about oh. Colin singing about Devlin. <laughs> Amazing. Because, yeah, I always think that Colin is like Glinda, except he's not that boy and he will be watching Penn with Debling. Can you imagine if Debling actually has nothing to do with Penelope and we've made up so many storylines for him? But anyway. He definitely does. Our version of Debling, he's watching them having the best little time of their lives and Debling's going to be telling all about the dead bugs that he has in his <laughs> mansion and Colin will be sat there in his pretty pink Glinda dress <laughs> crying. Yeah. I wasn't made for the bugs and the quills. <laughs> he could be that boy, but I'm not that boy. <laughs> Again, she is available to hire music producers of America. Oh, 
We're not actually joking either. Like, she is a musician, I'm telling you. Promise. <laughs> Very skilled. Very skilled musician. <laughs> what is on my pollen playlist? I hear you ask me. Oh, what is on your I'd playlist? I'd love to hear what's on your playlist. Oh, my goodness. Do you know what? Sometimes when you're the host, people don't ask you the questions back. Is the reality. <laughs> Listeners, have you noticed that usually the host does not get asked the questions that they ask everyone else? Um, I think I asked about tomatoes in one episode. <laughs> oh, great. Thank you. So my pollen playlist, my... What should I pick? What should I pick? What should I pick? Oh my God. I thought you were saying wash my pits. I was like, what <laughs> song is that? <laughs> my favorite pollen song is... Umbrella by Rihanna and Jay-Z because it reminds me of my favourite Barclay Square scene when they're dancing in the rain because it goes, when the sun shines, we'll shine together. I told you I'll be here forever. Said I'll always be your friend. Took an oath and stick it out to the end. Oh my God, is he going to regret those words? I think like that's the attitude that he's going to have when he's trying mm-hmm. to make up to her. He's going to have the attitude of he re- he's going to make her a promise. And I think he's really, really, really going to do his best this time to actually keep it and not break it to her to prove how much their friendship means to him and to try and reclaim that trust in her. Unfortunately for him, the, the promise and the oath that he's going to make to her, it's going to backfire slightly on him. But then because I like to do a bit of character analysis, a slightly more morose song that always reminds me of Penn postseason to is White Blank Page by Mumford and Sons. I think I use music a lot for Penelope to to try and figure out her state of mind post season two because I think she could go a few different ways. She could either be super, super angry or just kind of more like wistful and letting things go. But the looks are a white blank page and a swelling rage. You did not think when you sent me to the brink, you desired my attention, but denied my affections. And if that doesn't harken back to attention that they dance to, and I think that's the core anger that she's going to have is that he did want her affection and he did kind of thrive on that validation from her and the way that she saw him he still took that kind of aspect from her and he kind of drew that energy for her and then and then rejected it and then you know who appears in my pollen playlist a little bit unexpectedly but Florence and the Machine I have a Penelope song and a Colin song which are both by Florence the Machine so dog days are over for Penelope again like that kind of energy I really want to see from her in season three but I think lyrics and I never wanted anything from you except everything you had and what was left after that too happiness hit her like a bullet in the back struck from a great height by someone who should have known better than that and then for a little bit of Colin psychoanalysis which you know I do love to do I love to drag him with love it's a shake it out and it is such a Colin song you need to go listen to it it's real I won't go into it here because it's too long I really think of him when I hear it the lyric and I've been a fool and I've been blind I can never leave the past behind I just think that's really really him and a lot of his problems that he has with kind of getting lost in the past and not being able to move move on from things my last little one that I'm going to do now if you follow us on our Instagram you might have seen the other day I posted a little cute picture that Beans made thank you very much Beans I used a string quartet cover of Accidentally in Love and if you listen to that such a Colin song hang on let me let me read you the archetypal Colin lyric if this was his little brain this is what it would say I mean this is what Colin's perception of love when he's because he's this person where he can't see it right but as soon as he does he's like in it in it for good have you ever heard more Colin lyric than and this is poetry so prepare yourself baby I surrender to the strawberry ice cream never ever end all this look. I mean, if he's not going to compare Penelope to strawberry ice cream, then I don't know what we're even bothering doing here. Before it all goes wrong, I think when he realises in love, he's going to have this moment where everything's like really sparkly and perfect. And he just kind of slightly forgets that there's a lot of other shit to deal with. So he'll be walking around the stars in his eyes and then it's all going to go to shit, basically. So I decided to add one in because I am annoying, <laughs> but I have a Penelope song that I wanted to add. It's called 
Bad Friend by Rina Sawayama. Very on the nose there. Yes. And the lyrics are, I'm so good at crashing in, making sparks and shit, but then I'm a bad, I'm a bad friend. So don't ask me where I've been, been avoiding everything because I'm a bad, I'm a bad, I'm a bad friend. And I think that goes for both like Penelope and Eloise because they both like have in some ways crashed into each other's lives and uh, they're going to be avoiding each other next week. So a little bit on the nose, but also I feel like it registers really well with each other because it talks about how they were friends and then like how quick things change. Also, Rina Sawayama is incredible. Go listen to her. I have a little Penelope's playlist. It's not as long. It's like five songs, but I'm trying, you know? Yeah. The next one is a Colin song, but it's kind of like a Penelope Colin duet. It's uh, Sanctuary by Ali X. And this is one of my favorite songs. You guys will probably laugh at this because in our own particular fandom, we've talked about how there's a lot of Penelope naysayers that hope that she gets excommunicated or things like that from society. I thought the lyrics were very apropos. It says, if they come with torches because they don't know the truth, they can't hurt me when I'm with you. You're my sanctuary, baby. And I know I'm home. Oh my God, it works. Stop. (laughs) Yep, yep. Oh my God, that works beautifully. Yep. Mm-hmm. The top lyrics are when the leaning tower falls to the ground and the, when the hearsay is too much to think about and they think they've got you figured out. It's a rude world. It's a vicious world. When they're throwing stones, there's a place I know I can always go to my sanctuary. I thought that was really good. It's a great song. That's so sweet. And, you know, we've talked a lot about how Penelope is home for Colin, but that's just like, he's mm-hmm. also her home too. Yep. The last part, the ending of the song, what it fades out to is tied up next to a lightning rod. And in parentheses, I'm home. Lined up, I'll cross a firing squad. If I'm beside you, our hearts are enemy proof. Nothing's getting through. So I thought those were great lyrics. I love that. Yeah. Other contenders for Colin were, well, Colin and Penn together are So Hot You're Hurting My Feelings by Carolyn Palahniuk and Bootylicious for Colin specifically for the catch and toast scene. <laughs> God bless the catch and toast. For Miss Penelope, I did Miss Independent by Kelly Clarkson. That's a good one. The Queen Kelly, my OG. Specifically, again, the chorus really goes well. What is this feeling taking over, thinking no one could open my door? Surprise, it's time to feel what's real. What happened to Miss Independent? No more need to be defensive. Goodbye, old you, when love is true. And a lot of it just plays in like Miss Independent, Miss Self-Sufficient, Miss Keep Your Distance, Miss Unafraid, Miss Don't Let a Man Interfere. Miss on her own, Miss almost grown, Miss never let a man help her off her throne. So by keeping her heart protected, she'll never feel rejected. Little Miss Apprehensive said, ooh, she fell in love. It's, it harkens back to like Lecky's You're On Your Own Kid, because mm-hmm. I think that Penelope believes that she is on her own and that she has to navigate the world by herself. What their story ends up being for both of them together is that I think, I don't want to be controversial, but I think of all the couples, they are like the most couple yeah. against the world. Right. And um, just because of everything they have to face. And, you know, Cantony is more like playfully you know, antagonistic towards each other. These two, at their core, it is them two against yeah. everything else instead of, like, songs that are just about yeah. the division that's between them. Mm-hmm. And so that is, she's going to be so mad when she's put all that work mm-hmm. into being like, I'm going to just do it on my own. The next one for me is Honey by Robin. Now, Robin's been used in the show before. She did Dancing on My Own, which is a fantastic song. This is an incredible album from Robin. 
I love how this has turned into a Beans music review. But if you want to listen to it, it's so, so good. And the lyrics are really great. And this is just for a general, like, season three. I would love if they brought back Robin. She's fucking fantastic. Every color and every taste, every breath that whispers your name, it's like emeralds on the pavement. (laughs) And the waves come in and they're golden. But down in deep, the honey is sweeter. It's so good. I love her. Okay, so what you guys may have noticed with our last songs is that there's a very um, Shrek theme to them. (laughs) If you haven't, now you do. Look, hair is out. Hair is out. Originally, we were going to do like an unhinged pollen playlist to this. And so when I was going to make my unhinged pollen playlist, something I noticed is I stumbled upon the entire Shrek catalog of music from every movie. The sacred catalog of music. And I realized that so many songs would go with pollen you know i'm a believer by smash mouth hallelujah mm-hmm. if that's not dramatic colin then what is yeah changes uh don't give a damn about my reputation things like that there's just so many songs that go with pollen so we just decided to add in our own shrek song to <laughs> to our specific playlist well, i didn't choose a song from shrek but i did choose one from shrek forever after <laughs> so that was the The Darling I Do song is from Shrek Forever After. Yeah, I'm at the whole catalog of every Shrek movie. (laughs) And so for me, the song that I picked, it is You I Have Loved All Along. Oh, that is beautiful. Do you remember the other day when I was sat in the park? I mean, you weren't there because you all live quite far away. Um, But do you remember when I was sat in the park and I messaged you because this beautiful piece of music was playing on shuffle my phone was just on like you know when it just it's like music you based on and this gorgeous swell of music and I was in a bit of like an emotional state of mind anyway and I started crying really really gently crying in the park on this like sunny London day and I was so overwhelmed by this piece of music I was like oh my gosh is it is it like Vivaldi and it was it was from Shrek what was it? I can't remember what it was from Shrek. I just found the lyrics and I almost cried reading them. So they work. Um, this is from the last stanza in the song. It's no more a mystery. It's finally clear to me. You're the home my heart has searched for for so long. It is you I have loved all along. Now that we've shared our, our personal pollen playlist, it's time to get to the real matter at hand. That elusive and mystical season three soundtrack. We're all obsessed with trying to guess what song is going to make the cut. Everyone's always had it on the sub. There's always posts about, could this song be in it? Could that song be in it? And if you know us by now, then you know that we love to do some clowning. And today is no different. By the way, I should probably mention that Veg has had to dip out, but I'm still here with Lecky and Beans. So what we know is that we can expect, I don't know, maybe eight or ten songs for pollen do we think mm-hmm. yes that's about right so that's our challenge eight to ten songs pollen playlist what do we think we're gonna get yellow is a given yep that's the most obvious <laughs> if you forced me to pick a sing for it i would say the wedding and i will say that mm-hmm. is because the interior of the old royal naval chapel is like golden yeah it's like very blue and very yellow mm-hmm. luke newton's done a lot for us hasn't he he has sacrificed so much time and energy into colin i think the least that we can all do as a society as a world as a production company from a position of power is just give a boy his yellow cover he's already sung it he wants it and you know what to be fair to yellow you listen to lyrics they are actually perfect 
sex. It's, the whole song is about seeing something in a new way and having the way that you look at something transformed. And it just works gorgeously. So the number one song that I want to see in season three, number one, is Perfect by Ed Sheeran. This is the perfect, no pun intended, song <laughs> for a romantic moment, ideally a dance. Um, I won't get into the lyrics for our other ones, but but just for this one, the lyrics remind me of certain memorable moments from their book, namely the mess line. There's a lyric that goes, when you said you looked a mess, I whispered underneath my breath, but you heard it, darling, you look perfect tonight. And then uh-huh. that is literally the mess scene. It, later in the song, there's this bit that reminds me of Colin's declaration of love from the book, where Ed Sheeran goes, I found a love to carry more than just my secrets, to carry love, to carry children of our own. I see my future in your eyes. I yeah. need this song to be in season three. Please. It's crazy. Also, the lyrics, because we were just kids when we yes. fell in love. I found a woman stronger than anyone yes. I know. She shares my dreams. I hope that someday I'll share yes, her home. Exactly. I mean, we all think that Colin's going to move into Featherington House, don't we? And that line, we are still kids, but we're so in love, fighting against all odds. Yes. What we've said throughout this episode about them uniting together, Holland against the world. For me personally, I really hope that they use the British national anthem, Mr. Brightside. <gasps> like, hey! I am, okay, sorry, <laughs> listeners, I am wearing my killer shirt right now. I am all in for the killers. Full disclosure, huge fan of the killers. But yeah, that would just be perfect pining, jealous Cullen in a ball. The reason why I say it's the UK national anthem is because it has not yes. left the British charts since the, sh- the song came out back in like, what, 2003 or f- something like that? Yeah, as an American, it's embarrassing that you love the killers more than we do. <laughs> <laughs> Look. But this is like a dramatic Colin pining from the side of the yes. dance floor. There is a good lyric in here that I think would be good for pining, but also fantastic Colin song. Specifically, I think this could probably be used maybe in the second or third episode from this alone. Coming out of my cage and I've been doing just fine. Gotta be down because I want it all. It started out with a kiss. How did it end up like this? It was only a kiss. It was only a kiss. Yes, yes. Because, listeners, if there's one thing about the pollen story is that I don't think in human history one kiss has ever ruined <laughs> and made someone's life so completely as it does with Specifically, him. Specifically, if they follow Romancing Mr. Bridgerton, there's a moment in Romancing Mr. Bridgerton, spoilers, whatever, if you're listening to this podcast, Way past you that watched it, <laughs> Read it, where Penn... It's right. It's Penn asked Colin if, like, if he could kiss her or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's how Colin starts to be like, well, fuck me. What is this feeling? <laughs> so are we putting this at two or three when he's in denial, the kissed, and it is ruining his life? And he is watching. He eats this part where, do you know, like when he's still going along with a plan on the outside, but on the inside, he's like, what have I done? I'm going to say episode three, because if they do the kiss, it's probably going to be at the end of episode two where there's a cutoff. Because we know that Bridgerton goes fast, so I know that some people are going to be like, kissing in episode two? This song has a very similar vibe to me, where I could see it being like Colin pining on the on the side of the dance floor. But You Belong With Me by Taylor Swift. This one is so good because it so cleverly represents Pollen's journey. Because in season one, it's a Penelope song. But in season three, with the cedar plot and Colin trying to help Penn find a husband that isn't him, it becomes a Colin song, which we I think would be a really cute reversal. Um, and there's also some great covers of this, by the way. But if you're looking for one, my favorite is the Silver Lake String Quartet. And I think everything we've mentioned so far has really, really good yeah. 
quartet versions yeah. out there and multiple versions so this is entirely possible it's like what the music supervisor said the songs are out there for us to piece together lucky what you said about it going from a pen song to a Colin song is one of the best forms of storytelling mm-hmm. what episode are we putting this in maybe two maybe when the music knows but he yes. doesn't quite yes, know yet i like that that the music <laughs> is like showing what his heart is feeling we need to give nicola something right now if you remember nicola said she wanted some billy eilish we've already had billy eilish in season one but she can come back around do you think billy eilish song is going to make it or do you think olivia rodrigo is going to make it maybe i mean oh my gosh olivia rodrigo just to cut in here justin camps the music supervisor for bridgerton season two he mentioned a few olivia rodrigo songs in an article yeah he mentioned that and i was gonna say that i had a couple of olivia rodrigo's in my pollen playlist but none of the ones that he suggested same i had had jealousy jealousy (laughs) and then brutal and i think they're so good and i would just love a damn it's brutal out here do you know where that could work really 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 well and i don't think anything else in our playlist really covers it is episode one when she's still pissed when she's failing spectacularly i like good for you for a colin perspective song because it's it's a bouncy song but it's about miserable colin who has no idea that pen's head over heels for him uh watching her interact with other men you mean colin the first human on earth to ever discover the concept of unrequited love yes that's exactly why i like this song because (laughs) that's just hilarious but well good for you you look happy and healthy not me if you ever cared to ask good for you you're doing great out there without me baby god i wish i could do that i've lost my mind i've spent the night crying on the floor of my bathroom justin camps in that same article where he mentions olivia rodrigo he mentions dua lipa and i think the song break my heart by dua lipa would be a really great season three song because there's even kind of a little mirror reference in there where she goes you know you can get whatever you want from me whenever you want it baby it's you and my reflection i'm afraid of all the things it could do to me there's a this part that goes had to get it wrong to know just what i like now i'm falling you say my name like i have never heard before I'm indecisive, but this time I know for sure. I hope I'm not the only one who feels it all. Are you falling? Very Colin. I am not very good with the music, and I had not listened to a Dua Lipa song before. Until today. Oh, her last <laughs> album's so good. Good pop. Are we going to put this down as our mirror song? Maybe. I think it could be a good mirror song. I feel like it could song. be a good ball song, though. Maybe it's this song or another song, but she has a song where she has like a dance in the music video, and I think that would go really well as like a ball it's like an uplifting kind of sexually charged which would be so good for like a sexually charged dance yeah i could see that or a mirror scene are we gonna lock in any of those songs i'm not convinced yet you know we've got break my heart deja vu brutal i think break my heart is definitely gonna be in one of the episodes i cannot name which episode okay let me add it in but a song that I'm pretty confident might end up in season three, just because it seems perfect for it. Not besides perfect, but by Ed Sheeran, which I don't think will end up, but should be in there. Take me to church for the carriage scene. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. It has to be. When the song kicks into gear with the chorus, like a minute in, like it's just perfect for when that energy changes between Penn and Colin in that scene, where it just be- suddenly yeah. becomes explosive. There's one song that Pollen fans really, really, really want in a season. I would say it's this yeah, one, right? I think so. First of all, an Irish musician. A little nod to Nicola there. We would love to see it. We don't know how the Whistledown reveal is going to be in the show, right, do we? It might not be the church, but this would be like a really cool nod to that side of the story. And everything about the lyrics just work so perfectly. My lover's got humour. She's the giggle at a funeral. Knows everyone's disapproval. I should have worshipped her sooner. If the heavens ever did speak, she's the last true mouthpiece. 
And then, you know, it, it's so whistle, which which is what the scene is about, right? It's, the scene is about him discovering this side of her and the, the lies that she's told and the deception, but him absolutely kind of like falling in that moment as well. So I worship like a dog at the shrine of your lies. I'll tell you my sins and you can sharpen your knife. Come on, come on. And then if you need convincing listeners, the most Colin sentence ever, that looks tasty. That looks plenty. This is hungry work. The boy has an appetite, you know he does, and it's all for pen. Another song that has like a really good energy to it, which I think could be really good in season three, is Chandelier by Sia. Yes. It's kind of out of left field, but the Vitamin String Quartet cover is a bop, and embarrassingly was my most listened to (laughs) song last year. (laughs) But I think it'd be really great for a ball sequence or for some sort of montage that shows some sort of tension building between Penn and Colin. I'm with you all the way. I think this could be a montage theme mm-hmm. and I think this could because I think what we need to remember as well as much as we love pollen some of these songs have to kind of traverse storylines as well yeah and kind of maybe relate to what's going on around them as well as just their love story and I think chandelier would work perfectly as like a stressful montage yeah mm-hmm. Colin and Will's been like super stressed and down but maybe going to Benedict in his storyline maybe mm-hmm. like traveling through the characters at a point where everyone is not doing great I think it'd be a good episode one song because there's going to be drama in the first episode so oh, I'm feeling like episode six or so I'm like talking like deep deep drama oh okay and talking like Penn has broken up with him. He's dying on the floor at Mondrich's. Benedict has dropped out of a different form of art school that he's found. Another good episode one song I already mentioned in Arctic Monkey song earlier, but I bet you look good on the dance floor would be perfect because there's lyrics that mention a little cold shoulder moment between the singer and his love interest. I think a good song for episode eight when things have been resolved is video games. Um, yes, I love that song. Because they're like... Already, the song kind of has an instrumental in the uh, chorus where they go, it's you, it's you, it's all for you, everything you do. Um, that that whole bridge and chorus would be so beautiful to have being played where Penn and Colin, even at the wedding. <gasps> oh, but that would be earlier. But, you know. I think it might be earlier because there's the whole exchange. I heard that you like the bad girls, honey. Is that true? Maybe. Mm-hmm. But I think it's kind of maybe once they, they get together yeah. or are becoming more physical because they say that the world was built for two, only worth living if somebody is loving you and baby, now you do. Mm-hmm. So I think it's maybe after they become physical. What about like episode seven when the drama is really ramping up? Yeah. Well, fine. Like, can we all agree that this song would be great for when, oh no, <laughs> when Colin and Penn are doing their lessons together. You're my best friend by Queen. Yes. 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 I literally made a note of that. I said I could see them using this early on this season for the total rom-com vibes yep. that we've been told mm-hmm. about. For sure. Well, fucking finally. <laughs> <laughs> we have finally seen, have we all agreed on the carriage? Yes. Yeah. So I think Beans would also like partition. Right? Oh, yes! Oh, you remembered! <laughs> Can I give you that for the mirror? Would it work for mirror? It's like you're my mirror. My mirror standing. Yeah. Do you have any other suggestions? No. Yes. Oh, you do. Yeah, go. You didn't do Somewhere Only We Know yet. Somewhere Only We Know, I don't think it's going to be used. Mostly because. I don't think it'll be used Are either. Are you joking? What are you trying to do to me? Why? Listen to my reasoning. First of all, because it's already been used in a Netflix show. Fuck. A horror show called Midnight Mass. <laughs> and it was good, but it's already been used in a Netflix show specifically to promo the Netflix show. Human. Oh, for God's sake. Can't anything in this life kind of... 
I don't think they'll reuse it. All go once. Ops wants it in a very small scene, which is, for the Americans, the Berkeley Square scene, or for the Brits, the Barclay Square scene is the the one. So it's such a small scene that maybe it wouldn't be a big deal. Just Just let me have this one thing. Out of everything we've suffered through in the past year and a half, just let me have one little clip. <laughs> I, okay, listen, I will let you have it, but I also know that we have to live in reality a little bit here, and Netflix already used it. Well, Chandelier is already licensed to Moulin Rouge the Musical, but I don't see me crushing like he's dreams left, right, and do you? <laughs> I think it would be a beautiful Berkeley, Barclay Square scene. I'm going to add it to the list, and Beans, <laughs> you can go live in your little version of reality where you're an amazing singer. I'm so happy for you. Yeah, you take partition. Take partition. This is me getting angry with my... My Yorkshire accent's going to come out. I'll be like, you can tech. You can tech your partition and get out of here. Oh, daddy, daddy, got Yonce on her knees. I think she was, like, claimed by uh, Queen Charlotte, though, was the only problem. Who's destroying whose dreams now? I think we've danced around the scene, but I don't think we've addressed the scene itself. But when they actually have their first kiss, I think, I mean, it's very, it's very on the nose, but we love it. We love it on the nose. Kiss Me by is it Sixpence the Richer. Sixpence None the Richer. Six, sorry. <laughs> Six, Colin, Sixpence None the Richer. And I think it's like fun, soft, flirty, like rom-com energy that we were talking mm-hmm. about. Like not every song can be super serious. Yeah. And I think this would be perfect as that first moment, this really sweet. And then afterwards we can go into Mr. Brightside when he's like, shit, that has literally just ruined my entire life. And people like wondered how they're going to interpret it. You know, having Penelope ask him is a bit weird with the dynamics they've got. But I think if she asked him, like, if you're just my friend, we're just buddies. And they have this really sweet moment. And then after that, his life can fall apart to its heart's <laughs> content. And then for my last contribution, I'm going to put a Billie Eilish song on there. We did talk about this in the crumbs. And I still can't decide which one to go for. Do I go for When the Party's Over or Happier Than Ever? And I'm imagining this in, a, in another dance sequence because we know that Paul and are going to have a lot of dances together. Or Penelope's going to have a lot of dances. And Colin's either going to have to watch her or interrupt them or have their own dances. And I think a Billie Eilish song on like a really sad, dramatic moment between them where they think they can't be together would work but I can't decide which one you think in I don't know the first one super well but I don't think it'll be happier than ever because I feel like there's an anger to that song and kind of a resentment that and I, I don't even know if Penn will be that angry in episode one she hasn't got time to be that hungry that hungry I think it might be the former <laughs> then Okay, so to give you a tiny bit of context before we wrap up, when the party's over, some of the, and it's quite like a sad song, but it's not angry. It's quite like giving up, almost. The lyrics are, Don't you know too much already? I'll only hurt you if you let me. Call me friend, but keep me closer. And I'll call you when the party's over. And then it, the last thing is, Yeah, that's perfect. But nothing is better sometimes. Once we've both said our goodbyes, let's just let it go. Let me let you go. Yes. I think Penelope's really going to think for many reasons that they shouldn't be together. Mm-hmm. Maybe later in the season when she's trying to end things because she thinks it's got too much out of hand. We can't be together because I'm going to ruin your life. I really, yeah. that I think. So I'm going to put that in like an episode, let's go episode seven. And then Beans, are you going to finish this off? I'm going to finish this off. So each season, Bridgerton does like a big British artist song. Um, They did, I think it was, I don't know if you guys remember this because it's not a really well-known song, but I do. And it's that one song, Strangers. It's like, uh, we started as lovers and then we became strangers, or we started as friends, became lovers, and then we became strangers again. It's played when Daphne and Simon are making out and they're like, it was always you or whatever 
they said. Um, <laughs> so they did that one, and then they did Sign of the Times with Harry Styles. So my mm-hmm. next British big artist that I think they're going to do because her song was big when it came out, and then it's recently had a resurgence on TikTok, and they like I feel like they like to do that a lot because Stranger also had yeah. a resurgence on TikTok around season one. Um, mm-hmm. And it's Only Love Can Hurt Like This by Paloma Faith, who yeah. I'm obsessed with. I love that woman. It's a good one. And it's just... You know, the lyrics, I tell myself, you don't mean a thing. And what we got, got no hold on me. But when you're not there, I just crumble. And I can tell myself I don't care that much. But I feel like I die till I feel your touch. Only love, only love can hurt like this. Oh, must have been a deadly kiss. Only love can hurt like this. So. That kiss. Where were we thinking this is going to go? Episode four when it's not funny anymore and there's a lot of pain. Yeah. (laughs) Beautiful. Right, so. I like that you're doing our predictions for the episodes, which are just likely to be completely wrong. (laughs) Now, listen, Beans is going to make this into a beautiful graphic. It'll be up there for all eternity. So that when you come back after season three is released and you'll see that there was not a single, a single, single song (laughs) on there. You know, we're clowns. We're just clowning the time away. We don't mind. What I also love about the predictions is that we just say things as if they're going to happen. <laughs> like, oh, you this? <laughs> like, you know that scene where they're going to do this? And it's like, no, we don't know that scene. At all. <laughs> or like every assumption, we it's the letters yeah. all over again when we're always like, well, obviously Penelope's not replied to his letters. We don't know the letters even exist. It's so canon in my head that Lord Devling, one is the second suitor, two collects bugs. Because we've been talking about it for a year. Like, Lord Debling's going to have nothing. He's going to have something to do with, like, Francesca or something. No, he isn't. He's going to be with Penn. <laughs> I see. It's so great. I can't let it not happen. <laughs> when do we think they're getting married? Episode... Well, it was late in the filming, so episode eight, probably. Mm, but maybe. But Tom Barricus said something about them fighting, like, together. And I feel like they could do that after they're married, still deal with, like, whistle-down drama. I'll tell you what, I'll yeah. keep the wedding as a separate thing. Okay, I've collated our things. We slightly didn't follow the brief. We said 8 to 10, and we've gone for a few more. But I think what we have are a couple of alternates. So we might refine this down a little bit. But as it's standing now, at the end of recording, episode one, we're opening up with... I bet you look good on the dance floor. Colin is back with his swagger. There's cold shoulders left, right and centre. Boy's back in town and we are too. Episode two, we're going to go into our storyline about lessons. It's going to have our nice rom-com vibe, so nice and fluffy, you know. No one's life has been ruined just yet, but it's on the horizon. I think we've maybe got two options here. I think either would work pretty well. We've got You Belong With Me and You're My Best Friend. Yep. A similarish vibe. I could go with either. And then we're going to swoop straight into, you know, a dramatic, life-altering moment for Mr. Colin Bridgerton himself. Kiss me as the first kissing, maybe in episode two, episode three. Again, in the moment, it's kind of like soft and relaxed. No one's life has been ruined. Mm-hmm. But followed very quickly in episode three by Mr. Brightside because it started off with a kiss. And this is how it's ended up. With the boy <laughs> sobbing on the side of a ballroom. Yeah. And then it, it gets a little bit confusing here. But I think they could have a nice light moment where, you know, he's still trying to keep his shit together and they get swept up in each other in the scene that definitely will happen no matter what naysayers on this podcast may try and say you know I don't go around ruining people's hopes and dreams but (laughs) evidently that's not a prerequisite for people on this podcast because we're gonna go to Barclay Square slash Grosvenor Square I think they'd probably do it in the actual show somewhere only we know where Penn is still pulling away but they still have this beautiful moment of friendship that turns into this sweeping romantic moment where they get lost in each other no matter what other external things are happening gorgeous scene that's gonna happen thank you very much Beans for staying quiet the scene gonna happen just not necessarily with song what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) 
But we're going to sweep straight in for pain. Beans, this is where you're up. Because that beautiful moment is going to break because the, the world is around them and the world is in the way. We're going to get a dramatic dance scene. Only love can hurt like this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where they dance together and it's all piling down on them. Sounds tasty. My tingles are tingling. Followed by people might leave ballrooms early because they're upset. People might follow people leaving ballrooms early because they're obsessed with the people who are leaving ballrooms. So I'm getting confused by this sentence. And then we're going to go into maybe a little carriage scene. We're going to have a bit of take me to church. And hopefully that could be like a dark nighttime scene. Who knows? But we're feeling it. And then this is where the the stress really, really kicks in. Yeah. We're going to go chandelier for a stressful montage. We might pop in and other characters along the way, see how their lives are also falling apart. Benedict, perhaps, maybe Francesca's having some drama with the certain Sterling boys. And then this is, we're in the second half of the season where everything goes terribly wrong because we know that Shonda wants to make them suffer before they get the happy ending. So we're going, again, maybe a couple of alternates here on the same vibes. When the party's over, mixed with video games, which I think could be quite like a mm. bit together, but there's things pulling them apart, whether it's their own selves pulling them apart or whether it's the rest of the world pulling them apart. Yeah. But the core of their love is still there, but they're just, Colin's having to fight for it and Penn is trying to push away maybe. Yeah. Again, all of this, we're just completely making up. <laughs> Going into break my heart for a, a mirror scene perhaps or an intense little hookup because at heart, that's what we're all here for. And then once the drama has all sorted, once everything is fine, we're going to get our five minutes of happiness. <laughs> Because remember, listeners, we have promised five minutes of the couples actually getting along and being able to be happy together without everything being ruined. So for those five beautiful moments, Lecky, we're going to give it to you. It's going to be perfect. And the last song that we didn't mention, how could we end on anything but this? Miss Luke Newton, we're we're always here for you. We're not quite sure when this is going to happen. So we won't place it within our storyline yet. But at some point, we're going to get a beautiful polling wedding. Mm -hmm. Maybe a stressful polling wedding. I'm open to that too. And what's going to be playing, everyone? Yellow. Yellow. It's because she wears yellow dresses. And listeners, that is our pollen playlist. We're going to make all of the playlists that we said earlier. And then we're going to have this playlist that we're going to put in our reputations on the line. So you can all laugh at us in uh, several years to come whenever the season actually gets released. Listeners, are we delusional? Are we missing something screamingly obvious? We want to hear it. And, you know, finally, before we end the episode, the big question, when do we actually find out what the season three soundtrack is? Well, if season two is anything to go by, we actually find out before the season drops. I forgot about that. Yeah, this is so exciting. So the season two list of covered songs was released, I think it was about three weeks before the show was released. So there was a press article about it. We're going to have to do an emergency episode. Oh, we'll be ready. I think it dropped on the 4th of March. I think this season was released on the 25th. So we get about three weeks notice if they follow the same pattern, which this means if we have any luck, we're going to have a few weeks of absolute spiraling because you know this second that list comes out we're going to be here trying to figure out the storylines yeah we're going to be clowning away mm-hmm. so we do actually get that little nugget. hopefully we're going to get that nugget so that's all to look forward to in future coming months they'll also release the episode titles at some <gasps> point so we could try to connect the episode oh that is something else i'm so excited for Every time I feel like I'm jaded, something I think about for like the next season is really excited. You know what happened to me? I know we're so over, but this happened to me last night. I was listening to to songs trying to compile this playlist yeah. and I just got so emotional thinking about <laughs> Pollen and I was just like, God, when is this gonna stop? <laughs> 
I'll say this one thing. I said it in our rewatch about how much watching the show again and talking about it has made me like really appreciate and love it more. And that's just how I feel talking about the music too, because I'm just so excited to mm-hmm. see all the Bridgertons back, all the side stories. Like while I do yeah. shit pollen, I do love all of the couples. I'm so yeah. excited to see Kate and Anthony. We're going to get Francesca and John. Yeah. They're going to break our hearts. Yeah. yeah. But it's just a reminder that as bleak as things can seem, that we actually have a lot of genuinely exciting things ahead of us. Yeah. And it's all going to be worth it. And we're going to be here every step of the way, right with you. Yeah. And yeah, thank you so much for joining. I know it was a slightly different episode this week, but we just thought we'd have like a slightly, we'll mix it up a little bit, have a little bit of a breather for my rewatch. And we'll be back next week with a new episode. We will be sharing our pollen and our shrollen, our Shrek pollen playlist. on our Instagram and show notes if you'd like to check them out. I will have cover our vacation. So we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. But in the meantime, where can everyone find us like? You can find us at Pod on Instagram and TikTok. And you can find us losing our damn minds. Oh, should I say this with a British accent? And you can find us losing our damn minds over on reddit.com forward slash pollen. <laughs> That's not that's not oh, fuck. Forward slash R, forward slash Ellen Bridgerton. Beans, you stick to your job. You stick to what you do best. Give us our outro. Professional musician extraordinaire. Off we go. Das violin do 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 do